Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pump It Up. Thank you for tuning in. I am currently recording this episode on a slightly dreary Saturday morning. As I'm recording, my BG is currently 201 and steady, running a little high today again, but it is what it is. Um, And the day that you're listening to this, well, the day that this comes out is actually my diversary. Um, it's my eighth diversary, and I, I just realized it's actually my diabetes golden birthday because it's my eighth diversary on April 8th, so that's fun. Um, and now for my happies and crappies for this week. Um, my happy is that this past week, my cooperating school for my field experience, um, if, you, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm an early childhood education major, and I go to field experience at a local school Um, three mornings a week and my cooperating school was on spring break this past week so I had some extra time in the mornings to sleep in and get work done which was nice but my crappy is connected to that Um, I actually didn't get as much work done as I was hoping to I was hoping to actually get ahead on my schoolwork but I'm still just trying to stay afloat as usual so there's that Um, oh and it's the start of a new month So that means it's time to share my book for the month. Um, Last month, my goal was to finish Beach Read by Emily Henry. Um, I actually recorded this, well, the first episode toward the beginning of last month. So that was like the start of the month. But unfortunately, I did not finish Beach Read. I made some progress with it, read it a little more, but school has just kept me super busy. And I, I read all the time for school. Like we always have readings to do for class. So at the end of the day, I've done my readings and I'm tired of reading and my brain hurts and I want to do something else. So I just haven't been reading as much as I hoped to. But my book for this month is once again going to be Beach Read. I'm really hoping to actually finish it. I've made some good progress on it. And like, it's a good book. Like I want to finish it. I just need the time to sit down and do that. So there's that. And then getting into the rest of the episode. um, For today's episode, I thought that I would share my diagnosis story. Um, I feel like it's a core part of just everybody's experience with diabetes. Um, And my diversity is coming up, so that also makes this fitting. And I always love hearing other people's diagnosis stories, so I thought it would just be a fitting topic for today's episode. So with that, let's get into it. So I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes on April 8th, 2014. I was 13 years old and I was in 7th grade at the time. And I had just started going to a new school that year, which ended up being such a blessing since it was a small private school and my school nurse knew a lot about type 1, so that was so helpful. Um, And I have a few other family friends with kids who also have type 1, so my family and I sort of knew the signs. Um, I was having all the classic symptoms. I was thirsty all the time. I remember literally crying in the store one time because I was so thirsty and my mom was so mad because we literally had to leave the store and go through the McDonald's drive-thru and get me a glass of water just so I would stop crying. And I also remember being at a sleepover at a friend's house just a few months or a couple months before I was diagnosed and we were downstairs um, and I remember having to go back upstairs so many times to get water. And of course, because I was drinking so much, I had to go to the bathroom all the time, which is another telltale sign. Um, And I was so tired all the time. It was hard to even just go up and down the stairs. And I remember my mom just yelling at me all the time about how sick she was of me being so lazy and laying around all the time 
which it's funny now to think back on these things because she was so upset by it and was having no idea that they were because of type 1. But I remember that she felt so bad after I was diagnosed and learning that everything that was going on with me was because of that and she had been so mad about it. (laughs) But I forgive her. (laughs) I also remember um, I had just joined the track team at school and I was only on the team for like three days before I quit because I just couldn't do it. I almost passed out on the field and that was another thing. My mom was so mad at me for quitting so fast because she didn't raise a quitter. And I think that's when my parents really started to realize that something was up. Um, And that weekend after I'd quit track, we were at a restaurant having lunch and I drank my whole glass of water before we even ordered our food, which really wasn't like me at all because I've never drank enough water. Drinking water is a habit I've really had to work at. And that was the moment I think that she started connecting the dots. And I remember she told me, Serena, you might have diabetes. I think we're gonna have to go to the doctor next week. And later that day, I started Googling type 1 diabetes and everything that it it entails. And I just remember reading the Wikipedia page about it and crying and hoping I didn't have it because I didn't want to have to stick myself with needles forever. So then that next week on a Tuesday, my mom took me to the doctor after school. I had to give a urine sample and a blood sample. And I remember the doctor comes back and says, your mother's intuition was correct. You have type 1 diabetes. My blood sugar was 490, which for context for any non-type 1s might be listening, in range numbers for me are considered between 80 and 150, and I was 490. So there's that. And I remember the doctor kept talking to me, but at that point I sort of just blacked out. My head started spinning and I started crying because I figured I wouldn't be able to eat most things anymore. And I remember her saying, don't worry, you can still eat whatever you want, you just have to take insulin for it. Um, And I remember her saying that I was lucky and that we'd caught it pretty early. I know I've heard stories of a lot of people um, being, when they were diagnosed, their sugars were in the thousands and mine was only 490, which I guess is good. Um, And my doctor told us to go straight to the hospital, so we did, and I cried the whole drive there. And my dad brought some stuff from home there for me, um, some books, stuff to read. And I was in the hospital for three days. And while I was in there, it was just information overload. Everything the doctors told my parents and I of what I'd have to do to manage it, like how to check my sugar, how to take insulin. Um, I had to start out with the syringes and the vials of insulin before I got a pen. Um, And how to use the glucagon if I ever needed to, which for any non-type 1s is for emergencies, like if I ever pass out from an extremely low blood sugar. Um, And also counting carbs, my ratios, all that good stuff. Um, And I also remember that when I was in there, it was right after Ed Sheeran had just released that song, I'm pretty sure it's called Sing, from, I think it's the Multiplication album. Multiply? I don't know. It's the one with the green cover. (laughs) That's all I know. And I just remember listening to that on repeat while I was in the hospital. And I remember I would always fall asleep with my headphones in listening to music. And I would always wake up in the middle of the night and realize my music is still playing. And I'd turn it off, take the headphones out. And I remember one night I woke up like that, but I just felt awful. Like a kind of awful I've never felt before. Turns out I was having my first low blood sugar, so that was a fun, and I just kept feeling worse and worse. So my mom called the nurse in, which, God bless my mother for staying there overnight with me. She is a real one. And um, the nurse would check my sugar, and I was 40. 
Um, again, for context, 80 to 150 is in range for me. So they had me drink some juice, and I remember just wanting to keep eating and eating and eating. But the only thing that I was allowed to have in between meals was a string cheese, since cheese doesn't have any carbs. I remember being so mad because I didn't want to eat any more string cheese. I wanted other food. <laughs> and I also remember getting all kinds of sweet messages from my friends at school. And um, I was diagnosed on a Tuesday. I went to the doctor on Tuesday. So Friday afternoon was when they let me go home. Um, so we stopped by my school so I could get my missing work from my teachers before I went home. And I just remember everybody freaking out and being like, oh my goodness, you're back. We're so glad you're okay. And everything, which was super sweet. I really appreciated all their support and their kind words. Um, so then I was back home and life had to just keep going, even though mine was forever changed. And I had this, I had a really hard time dealing with it, with the fact that I was going to have to manage this disease forever. And I started to get really depressed and I struggled with that for a while. And I got through the summer and then eighth grade started and I might seemed like, might have seemed like I had it all together, like I was figuring out life with type one just fine, but inside I was falling apart, honestly. And I came to a point where I just couldn't keep going anymore. I couldn't keep living the way I was living. Either it had to change or it had to end. And I decided it had to change. Uh, and I am a Christian actually, and I decided I had to just give it all over to God and just rely, rely on him for strength to get through what I was going through. I knew that I couldn't rely on my own strength anymore, and I knew that I was going through all this for a reason, and I now know that at least a reason is that I'm able to encourage others who also have type 1 and let them know there will be good days and bad days. There will be highs and lows, literally will be highs and lows, <laughs> but everything is going to be okay. You'll be okay, and that that is my biggest message for anyone listening who has recently been diagnosed or anyone with a loved one who has recently been diagnosed. You'll, you'll get the hang of managing it. Yes, there'll be good days and bad days, there'll be highs and lows, but life goes on. You'll keep doing the things you love and you'll adjust as needed with them. And soon it'll feel normal. It will never feel truly normal again, but it will feel somewhat normal. And to quote Bob Marley, every little thing is gonna be all right. <laughs> and always remember that you are not alone. If you need support, if you need someone to talk to, if you need advice, there are some great Facebook groups out there to join if you're on Facebook. And there is more than likely even a Facebook group for other people in your city with type 1 if you need some support locally. Um, and if you're a parent of a child with type 1, there are also Facebook groups out there for that too, and ones that are specifically for people in your city. I know that my mom is part of one. So yeah, that is my diagnosis story. I've been living with type 1 and learning to manage type 1 ever since, and I had to learn how to manage it during cheerleading and theater and everything that I was involved in in school. And at that time, after I was first diagnosed, whenever I needed to check my sugar, I'd have to go down to the clinic to do it because I didn't have the Dexcom yet. And if I was low, I'd have to have someone go with me so I'd go down and check and eat. Um, but I got to the point where I could keep a meter in my bag and just check on my own once I had had it for a few years and knew what I was doing. Um, and my senior year of high school, I started using the Dexcom, and I've been using that ever since, and that's worked well with me, fortunately. Um, I started with the G5, and now I use the G6, uh, and I'm still doing insulin injections, actually. I use a pen. I never did start using the pump, because injections worked fine for me, and since I started using the Dexcom, I just didn't want to have another device attached to me, any more, any tubes on me. 
Also, the pump would just be another added expense. Um, we know the struggle with that. But the pen has worked fine for me. I'm used to it. Although, I have been more interested lately in the pump. Um, but we'll, we'll see if I ever get one. So that's how it went managing it in grade school. Then starting college presented a whole new challenge. And I've been living at home for college, actually. But I went from being at a small high school where all my classes and classmates and teachers knew I had type 1 and were used to me having to take insulin in class or pull out a package of fruit snacks at 9 a.m. because I was low. Um, but then I started at college with thousands of people who didn't know that, who didn't know about type 1. So it's just been a little awkward every time I've just whipped out a needle in class or pulled out my fruit snacks during an 8 a.m. You know, the bag is rattling, getting some interesting glances. So something I really had to learn is to just not worry about what other people think. And that's something I'm still working on now. It's still hard. <laughs> so that has been my type 1 journey so far. And now we're here starting a podcast. Uh, and now that you guys know more about me, about how I was diagnosed, I'm hoping for the next few episodes to be some discussions about type 1 related topics. Um, I'm hoping to eventually have some guests on here as well. Um, and if you have a topic you would like me to do an episode about, um, go to the, our, our podcast Instagram at pumpitup.pod and send me a DM or leave a comment on one of the posts there with a topic you'd like to hear me talk about on here. Uh, and don't forget to follow the podcast Insta if you aren't already. It is at pumpitup.pod. And you can also follow me on TikTok at Ford Serena at F-O-R-D-S-E-R-E-N-A for funny T1D related content. And that is all I have for today. Um, thank you so much for listening again. And until next time, bye.